y'all hear me? Oh, hopefully it doesn't do that reverb. Okay, quick story about Christmas Eve service. So there's a bright light right here. I'm just going to embrace it. But um, I was pregnant with my fourth Isaac Francis Brave Horning. So I have four boys and pregnant with another boy. Some of y'all don't know that. <laughs> so, but I was pregnant with my fourth and his due date was December 6th and he came December 25th. And uh, <laughs> so y'all can imagine, I actually thought I was going into labor on the Thanksgiving of that year. And I'm like, Chuck is, this is it. And <laughs> like nothing happened. I'm like, and then nothing happened for another week. And then nothing happened. I'm like, all right, time to shift my mind game. <laughs> because at that point it's like, okay, I have to like die to my, my timetable and realize that God had it. Guys, don't worry, the baby was super healthy. I just had my dates were off. Um, but Christmas Eve service at that particular time, uh, King's Church was not a King's Church yet. So I was at a different church and uh, we had Christmas Eve service. I was pregnant with my fourth and I we're singing like, Mary, did you know? No, we weren't singing Mary, did you know? But we were singing all the, the carols and I'm like, oh, I'm having contractions. And I'm like smiling from ear to ear. And I'm like, the baby's coming. And I'm like feeling very connected to Mary right now. I'm like, this is what she was feeling. And we're singing and singing. And I'm so excited. I'm like, the baby's actually coming. Anyways, so the baby did. And I, I was like, don't come before the 25th. Like, come on the 25th. So he came 4.30 the next morning. And I slept the rest of Christmas. I think Chuck like brought me a Christmas present. And then I just fell asleep. I was like, and done. Thank you. Um, so that is my Christmas Eve story. All right, so let's open up our Bibles. Y'all got your Bibles? Luke 1, 39 is where we're going to start. I'm going to read this little chunk, and I'm going to tell you guys, Lynn, I'm so glad you're here. I was like, please, Lord, let Lynn be here. She's like my intercessor, loving friend who I feel emboldened by. So I'm so glad you're here, Liz. <laughs> All right, let's read. I want to pray one more time. Holy Spirit, thank you so much that you are good and that you are kind and that your Holy Spirit loves to open up our eyes so that we can see and open up our ears so that we can hear. Father, I ask that you would use my voice to declare your worth and your beauty. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Mary visits Elizabeth. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste, everyone say haste, into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. Is that leaped or leapt? I'm going to read leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed, exclaimed with a loud cry. I love that it said exclaimed and loud cry. I'm like, this is my girl already. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Okay, so let me back up a little bit. You have um, 
Zachariah, who's burning incense, he's going into his duties. The angel Gabriel comes and announces, you will have a son. Elizabeth is well advanced in years. Everyone say well advanced. Well advanced. And she was barren. And yet the Lord says, you will have a son. Zachariah wasn't in belief at that time. He goes silent. But, and then Mary, or the angel Gabriel visits Mary, and I'm not going to take that part. But there's one cool thing that the angel tells Mary. He says, your cousin Elizabeth is also bearing child. And then he goes, for nothing shall be impossible for the Lord. So I love this like collision of encouragement. The angel Gabriel is trying to say, Elizabeth is going to be like one of your markers. Does that make sense? He's, she's going to be the person that when you see her and she's bearing fruit, you're going to be encouraged to walk out all that God has called you to walk out. Does that make sense? Okay. So this is what, so in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country. Okay. Let me, I'm like, want to stick, but yeah, let's go back to my notes. All right. So I said, Elizabeth was able to embolden, encourage, and exhort Mary because she herself was in faith, okay? Exhortation, an address or communication emphatically urging someone to do something. And I put, or finish, okay? Encouraging, the act of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. I believe in 2020, we're going to be asked to live in greater faith. Than we ever have and in order for all of us to walk in these steps of faith we have to be in faith and encourage one another to keep going because how many of y'all know hebrews 12 1 it says keep your eyes on the author and finisher so that you can finish the race right so we have to encourage one another and this is what i love about this is what stood out to me the biggest part was that Elizabeth kept saying, blessed are you, Mary. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. She, Elizabeth, was seeing with eyes of faith. Okay, Mary's a young girl. She's pregnant out of wedlock. That ain't cool to everyone else, right? Well, we're going to get into that. So Luke 1:41, And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So I know y'all felt like kicks. If you're a woman, you felt kicks before. If you're a man, you probably put your hand. But left, I feel like that's a little bit more intense. That's like that baby did like a back foot somersault. But, you know, there was this witnessing. I don't know if you guys, even in the spirit, when someone's saying something that's of God and your spirit leaps within you, I think that's the same thing that Elizabeth is feeling. She's like, oh my gosh, you're carrying something of the Lord, Jesus. And my spirit is leaping within me. Okay? Uh, and this, it reminded me of John 3, 29, 30. You don't have to go there. I'll read it. The one who had, so this is John, uh, John the Baptist, who she carried, speaking. But I just love the parallelism, like the correlation here. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. I guess Elizabeth was carrying John the Baptist. 
And there's this Elizabeth, Mary comes with Jesus and her spirit leaps within her because she hears Jesus in Mary. Does that make sense? And so the same reality happens with John as John hears the, Jesus's voice. His joy leaps within him. Does this make sense? So you see that Elizabeth is carrying John. I just, you, banana trees beget bananas, right? Or whatever. I don't know. The bananas are on trees? Okay, great. Almond trees have almonds. So you have Elizabeth consecrated to God whose eyes and ears are focused on the Lord and she's bearing witness to her Lord. Okay? Let's keep going. Um, I put, I put, our joy will increase as the consecration of our eyes and our ears increase. Psalm 27, 4 says, One thing I desire, that I may behold the beauty of the Lord and to stand in his temple and see his beauty. So those are just little things. Let's keep going. Elizabeth, I, I wrote on my title, Elizabeth is this exhorter, this encourager. And in order to give faith, like Elizabeth did to Mary, one must be encouraged and in faith. And I said, better yet, in love. Okay? In love with Jesus. Okay, Luke 1.42 in the, in the text. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth is already seeing the end from the beginning. She is not just seeing the seed of Jesus in Mary. She's seeing the fruit of her womb. Well, what if what it will it will what will come of this seed? Again, this looks so normal, so simple. Mary is a young girl. She is not married uh, according to worldly standards. She is an outcast from probably more than she's comfortable with. But Elizabeth is seeing her with eyes of faith and therefore calling her blessed where others have calling her cursed. Does that make sense? Okay, let's keep going. Luke 1.43, And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth and Mary were cousins, but never does she say, Hey, cousin. <laughs> Elizabeth is seeing with eyes of faith and identifying her according to the Spirit, the mother of my Lord. Can everyone go to... Um, we're going to go through two. These, these two I'm going to hang on just a little longer. So Matthew 12, 48 through 50. Let's go there. Did I do that right? Yep. All right, so he's, he's in a crowd, Jesus. This is in his ministry. He said, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brother stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. So Elizabeth is relating to Mary according to that she's walking in the will of the Lord, not according to the flesh. She's not just cousin at this point. Does that make sense? She, she's honoring her as someone who is saying yes to the will of God. That's a big deal. How we honor and how we see each other 
according to the Spirit, is going to help us go from glory to glory to finish our race. All right, 2 Corinthians 5.16. This kind of hits it home again. Don't you love the Word of God and you're like, this is about to hurt, but you're going to heal me through it. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5.16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one, say no one, no one, according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. They're saying, we thought Christ was just the son of Joseph, the son of a carpenter. He did good tables. That's how we saw him. But no more. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Okay, and that's the call that we are called to. All right, let's keep going. Luke 1.45. Let's go back to Luke. I know I'm, I, I'm making you jump in your Bibles, but I love it. I love the Bible. Luke 1.45, back to the story of Elizabeth. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Elizabeth is blessing her where many scoffed, reviled, because they saw a Mary according to the flesh, a young pregnant girl out of wedlock. So back to one of my kids' stories, Sammy, I was, I was pregnant with him and it was really hard for me because in my circumstances, it felt really hard. And I just felt like I don't have my nursery. I don't have you know X, Y, and Z that the world tells you, you have to have all of these things in order so that you can have more kids. And if you don't have all these things in order, then you should probably get rid of your child. That's really what the message that the world is sharing with us. If you don't have this all together, then don't even think about having a kid. And if that was the case, then the son of man, the God man, would not be with us. Praise God that he doesn't live according to the world, but he lives according to the spirit. Okay? So Elizabeth was blessing her. Why? Because he, she was seeing according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. A mindset on the flesh is death. And a mindset on the spirit is life. Okay? Um, Matthew 6, 22. Like, there's so many crazy parallels here. I'm like, so let's go there. Matthew 6, 22. When you guys, when we start, when we get born again, and I don't know about you, it's a daily born again for me. It's like re-signing up every day that I'm going to take up my cross, deny myself, and live for him every single day. That I'm not going to live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And this may be moment by moment too, like when my kids are yelling at me, and am I, I going to choose the flesh or am I going to choose the spirit of patience, you know? Am I going to see them according to the flesh or am I going to see them according to the spirit? Amen, moms? Amen. Thank you. All right. Matthew 6, 22, 23. Hold on. Did I do that right? Sometimes I don't. Nope. That's not the right one. <laughs> oh, well. I'm going to read what's on my thing. I don't know where this <laughs> scripture is. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you. Maybe you can help me. And revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. This is so backwards. The kingdom of heaven, upside down kingdom. 
okay? Because I don't know how many of like, I have some good friends that do say this to me, but like, this needs to become in our conversation more. I think there's a lot of mixture and that loses our power. And I'll tell you what, let's go back. Blessed are you when people hate you. How many of us seek, not maybe to hate, but like we're so focused on people pleasing. We're so focused on making sure there's peace according to worldly standards, which means don't rock the boat, right? But I don't know about you guys, but all I see in the Gospels is Jesus rocking some boats, okay? Rocking some boats, going into some storms, okay? Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Could you guess that Mary maybe dealt with this, that people excluded her or reviled her? Rejoice, and that was common. That's what the whole crowd was doing. That's what most people were doing. And you know how we kind of like, we just say what everyone else is saying, right? It's like, we, want, we don't want to be the one that's like opposite of everyone. We're like, yeah, that person is horrible, you know, or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, that person's good. Or the next, you know, Facebook post, they're like, yes, I believe that because that has 20,000 likes or whatever. We really have to watch ourselves come back to the word of God, get renewed in our minds, say, God, what is, what is pleasing to you? you? Psalm 45 says, you love righteousness and you hate wickedness. Therefore, your joy is more full than any of the sons of man. Loved righteousness, hated wickedness, and therefore his joy was full. There's no mixture. When we have mixture in our hearts and our lives, our joy gets sucked out of our lives. Consecration is actually joyfulness. Happy holiness is wholeheartedness to the Lord and what he's doing. All right, rejoice in that day. Now listen, this is the second five. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. What, like John had like eight prophecies from the angel Gabriel. And all of it was like, He's going to be great before God and joy, like just joy is everywhere. And if y'all read John's narrative, he is like totally against culture, like rubbing up again, like people are hating, like he is kind of, he takes on like Jesus. Before Jesus, he's probably the most, what do you call it? Polarizing guy. John the Baptist comes in and he says, repent for the kingdom of, of heaven is at hand. That's a happy message, but truly it is. He's saying, come and fix your eyes on the spirit and find the joy that is forevermore, that is eternal. Like Brad was talking over here and he, we were talking about the, the, the tension of Christmas and, and the tension of our, our frail, frailty and our fallenness and our brokenness. But God came in as a seed so that he could redeem that. And he doesn't live for this temporary life. He lives for eternity because death, he swallowed up death. There's joy in that. There's joy when you're living for eternity. That, and like, that's what I was thinking about Elizabeth, you know, how well advanced. What does that mean? So just say that this is like zero years right here, right? And she's like, let's just say 80s, I don't know, 70s, whatever you feel. So that's her right here, okay? And you're like, oh no, that's at the end of her life. Like, God, rude, 
like took so long. <laughs> but he's looking eternal. She's just like in her prime. <laughs> like, I think, like, you get to birth John the Baptist, who's going to be the voice of the world that is crying out to prepare the way of the Lord. Praise God. 82 or 18, I don't care. He, she just got used as significantly in the story of eternity. Okay? All right, let's, let's get back to the things. All right, so how, how do we become encouragers and exhorters Preparing the bride for the bridegroom, raising sons and daughters to advance the kingdom, becoming the iron that sharpens iron, helping each other run the race that we're called to race, which is a race of faith. John Mike, 10 points, 20 points. No. <laughs> we must repent. Repentance is one of my favorite things because it means I get to low, I get to cast. Surrender my mindset, which is pretty small. Again, you're, we're thinking that 100-year 100, 100 mindset. I get to repent from that where I'm the king of my own throne, my own kingdom. I get to repent. I get to throw that down and say, God, I actually want to live for something that's eternal. That when this is gone and rusted and all that my, you know, <laughs> I was going to say my couch is a, not a very good because it's like marker stains and everything so that could probably go <laughs> but um y'all know what i mean it's it's temporary but what's going to be eternal is what i want to be invested in okay so we must repent let's go to james everyone with me james 4 4 through 6. are y'all good good we're about to read some heavy, heavy stuff. James, James is like a chiropractor in the spirit. He gets you lined up. But it hurts so good, right? Amen? I'd rather he hurt me now than at that day be like, I had no idea. I was wasting my time on so many idols. I was wasting my time on so many things that don't matter. All right, James 4, 4 through 6. <clears throat> it's not pulling in punches. You adulterous people. What's an adulterer? Someone who is sleeping or having a relations with someone that they are not in covenant with. Okay? God made a covenant with us, and he's looking for a bride that's saying yes back. Okay? And he does not want to share his love. He wants singleness of heart. He wants all of your heart. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is, it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. There is no greater safety than humbling yourself 
before Jesus and saying, God, would you pour out your grace so that I could be wholehearted for you? It's not, what can I get away with? But how far will you let me go? How much more can I wrap my life around the kingdom of heaven? I totally stole that from Jeremy Riddle. But he said, he goes, the more I go, the more that I want to grow up, he's like, I want to wrap more of my life around the kingdom of heaven, less of my life around the world, more of my life. How much more can I wrap around Jesus, the eternal worth, the worthy one? Humble, humility is like the doorway to access how he thinks and what he's feeling and how he perceives the situation. Humility is probably what Elizabeth possessed so that she could encourage Mary. I mean, can you imagine? Elizabeth, Elizabeth is watching Mary carry the Son of Man. She probably wanted it to look more like that, where she, she was in her prime and she was carrying a baby. Does that make sense? She was probably on her knees praying, God, would you give me a child when she was Mary's age? And so she had to go through her own wrestlings and her own prayer time with the Lord and say, God, I don't know why you're not giving me this baby that you have promised, but I want to have your heart. And I believe that she, she got that breakthrough in her heart because if she did it, I don't think she would be able to say yes to Zachariah when Zachariah was writing it down because he couldn't stalk. But he was like, hey, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> you know? And Elizabeth, at that point, I think that she had been in enough wrestle, wrestle matches with the Lord that she could say yes to his will and his way, even though it opposes the worldly standards. A lot of what God is going to call us in 2020 and for life with Jesus is a life that opposes worldly standards, that opposes what man approves as good and, and that they give you the applause for. Okay, we must repent. He gives us grace when we humble ourselves. All right, we must hear his voice. So this is two. So the first one, we repent. And, and I love repenting. It's like, it is. It's like getting back to think the way that he thinks, to love the what he loves. Because I want that joy that he has more than all of his companions. I want that. I want that singleness of mind. I want to hate what he hates. You know, and, and I, was I told uh, earlier, I said, as our consecration increases, our joy will increase. And it's not something that we do on our own. It's something the Holy Spirit leads us into. He's like, no, you don't need to watch watch that. It's not really bad. There's no there's no sex parts. There's no, you know, just cussing a little bit here and there. But once you start eating good food, Jesus, it's like you're like I'm I desire less to dull my spirit with this stuff. Okay, let's keep going. Two, you must hear his voice. And then he gave me this funny phrase. We eat to strengthen our ears. We eat the word of God to strengthen our ears and how we hear him. I know when I'm out of it, when I'm discouraged, it's because I'm not hearing him and I'm not eating his word. When I am down in the dumps, 
it's mostly because <laughs> I am not I am not prioritizing time to hear him. I've gone in, in, into that fleshly mindset that thinks I just have to jump on the hamster wheel and do life. But none of that stuff is investment into the internal kingdom. I must prioritize his word. All right, spend time with him in his world, journaling, pray reading, pray reading. This is where we find our strength and our steady. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing. I love what Bohai said. He said, it's hearing, not heard. So it's ever present, ever present. What is he saying now? And you, in the Gospels and in the Acts, is like, God's like, go here. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm obeying. I need a new word, Lord. <laughs> and, and, and fresh manna comes. And how many times in the wilderness even, he said, take this manna, but don't take any for tomorrow because I'm going to pour out fresh manna in the morning. How many of y'all would just be like, mm, no, I'm going to skip a little piece in my back pocket because I'm hungry. And I'm just not sure. You know, like it's the 39th day and he's done it 39 times where you're still like, and it's okay because we get to repent. Praise God. We get to repent and turn back to him and say, okay, I trust you. All right. Second Timothy. Let's go here. I love this one. Second Timothy. Three sixteen. Through 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training. Everyone say training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. I really find it interesting you put competent. It's like he's saying like scripture, reading, getting, eating the word, eating the scroll will make you understand my ways. He's not wanting you to be like this outsider. And it's like, Oh, this revelation is only for the holy people. Guys, the blood of Jesus makes us holy. The blood of Jesus takes us into the holy of holies and gives us access to have the knowledge of God. That's amazing. Okay, so this encouragement to take his word and be trained by it. I don't know about y'all. I grew up an athlete and volleyball practice was like my favorite. And like I had my friend Alexa, she was like, you know, beast mode with me. And we would just be like, we could do more. We can do more ways. And like, because it was like, we knew that there was, we also were like a good team and, and we had vision for like championship and state championship. And uh, so there was this joy in the process, in the training, because we knew where we were going and we knew that we needed to get better so we, that we can stand and win. Does that make sense? Be victorious. And that's what he's saying. The scripture is for training for you to be victorious, for you to be victorious in your trial, for you to be victorious when all hell feels like it's breaking loose. He, but but you're, what happens is the trial comes and then we're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I need to eat, I need to eat. And that's good. But what he wants you to do is eat every day, be healthy, get trained by it every day so that when you're hit you're not flung 20 feet you're just like okay i'm strong you know like okay i have the word of god in me i'm not moved my roots have gone deep because i have taken time every single day 
So this is my challenge to you. And then maybe we'll pray. But there's some more. But my challenge, Chuck, I was in the middle of, I don't know, postpartum somewhere. <laughs> and I'm like, Chuck, life is hard. The babies are hard. There's so much poop and craziness. And they're yelling at me all day. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my life is falling apart. You know, totally, like, not in the spirit on the Lord's day, like, in the flesh. And it's <laughs> just crumbling. And he goes, Sasha, why don't you wake up 15 minutes earlier? And I'm like, earlier? <laughs> earlier than kids? I, like, I was really offended. I'm like, whatever. Like, and he's like, yeah, just 15 minutes and just get in the Word and, and spend time with Jesus. And I'm walking with the Lord, and so this is like not a new concept, but for him to ask me to wake up earlier, I was like so offended. I'm like, you kidding me? But I did it. I, I started setting my time, and, and I just remember I would do 15 minutes, and I would open up my word. I think I started with Proverbs. I love Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs, and usually goes every day, and I just love it. It's like wisdom, and I'm like, I, it feels like I'm going to the Father, and I'm like, tell me everything you know. And that's what Proverbs feels for me. So I started doing 15 minutes, and I was like, I want more time. Like, I want more time. Like, I want to set my alarm clock earlier. And I'm not mad about that. And so, <laughs> and so I started doing that. And, you know, I have seasons, like, um, where I'm, like, up every morning, and it's great. But, and then I have seasons where it's not like that. But I know that when I take the time to get myself in the word, that it takes me from glory to glory. That it solidifies, I am just a different person. You are a different person when you're spending time with Jesus and he literally changes your countenance. Because you actually get out of yourself and you see him for who he is. All right. I'm going to read this. Oh, okay. I'm going to skip. Skip down. How am I doing on time? Good? Bad? I'm good. One of the things that I think is so interesting about uh, John's prophecy, one of the things he says, he will, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't let him drink wine of this world. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's go to Ephesians 5.18. And what's really cool is that Elizabeth gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't, like in, in Luke, what I just read, when Jesus comes, she gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and John gets, it's like a double, double for one. It's awesome. And I'm like, I am, I am settling for so much less for my baby and for myself. I'm like, fill me up, Lord, and fill this baby up. All right, Ephesians 5.18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, guys, he's making a don't do this, but do this, right? Don't get drunk with the wine of this world. Again, we said a mindset on the flesh is death. A mindset on the Spirit is life. And I think it says peace, life and peace. Maybe I'm adding that, but that's definitely in there. 
Okay, but he says, be filled with the Spirit. And then addressing one another in Psalms. So this apparently, when you are filled with the Spirit, we start talking to each other in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Like, we start singing, the Lord is my shepherd, I tell not what. Like, start saying that to everyone as we're filled with the Spirit. But all I know is that there's joy with the other infilling. So that there is a portion of drink that is available for us that does more than a temporal glass of wine or bourbon since we're in Kentucky. <laughs> okay? So he's saying, don't get drunk with this wine because you'll be up and then you'll be down. But be filled with this wine because you'll be solidified in my spirit and you'll be able to walk out what I've called you to walk. Okay? And so I just want to pray today. I'm going to go ahead and, and end. And I, I'm going to end with one of my favorite verses. In Song of Solomon 5.1, it says, Eat, friends, drink, and be drunk with love. Be drunk with love. So he's saying, God is saying, this is counterfeit. This is so sub what is actually going to satisfy you, which is just time with Jesus. It is so simple that we'll miss it day and night. We'll, we'll, wanna, we'll go on YouTube and we'll want to um, like listen to all the sermons, which is not wrong or whatever. And we'll do all the podcasts and we'll read all the great books. But opening up this word, there's so much warfare. There's so much resistance to you opening up the word and reading it. And it's not about getting the feelings, guys. He's going to be true to his word that says when you open up his word, he's going to transform you. That's his promise. So you don't have to you don't have to put that on you. You just do your job setting 15 minutes. That's my goal. That's my challenge, you guys. 15 minutes. And and open up the word. Try to put your phone away. Put all the distractions away. Why? Because we need to be those who to hear him so that we can see what he's doing on the earth and see what he's doing in each other so that we can be like, like Elizabeth to Mary. Blessed are you, because this is what's happening in your life. And I've received that so much from this family, from this King's Church family. And they're saying, this is what's happening in your life. Your life may look like this circumstantially, but this is what the Lord is doing. And how many people have been emboldened when someone is walking in the Spirit, walking in friendship with Jesus, and they come to you and say, your life looks like hell right now, but heaven is invading your life. <laughs> so let, let's, let's stand. Let's stand. And Brian, if you could come up and bring some tunes. Thank y'all. It is my greatest joy to come and speak about Jesus. And I... Love Megan and Brad for giving me the opportunity to do so. They're those who see in the spirit, call me forth in the spirit. I remember we were at Lord's Legacy, the, the church building that we were beforehand, and, and Brad preached on the Caleb spirit. And I think I wept the entire time. And it's this. It's like we must cultivate faith. And the way that we cultivate faith is by spending time with Jesus. It is so simple, guys, but if we all spent time, we consecrated 15 minutes of our morning 
to say, God, I don't want to be drunk with this world, but I want to be drunk in love with you. I want to be empowered by your spirit to see as you see and to walk as you walk and to love righteousness and hate wickedness so that my joy may be full. Show me what that looks like. Guys, that would, that would change the atmosphere. That would change the way that you walk your daily walk. That would change your family. That would change how you see your circumstances. And instead of sorrow swallowing you up, you'll, you'll become that eternal-minded person. And you'll have that joy. Joy isn't just giddiness. Joy is rootedness. Rootedness in his word. So I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray for a fresh, fresh infilling of his spirit. Because like Brad was saying, we go into the holidays and it feels torturous at times. And we need courage. We need, we need to hear his voice louder than all the other voices. So Holy Spirit, you most beautiful, we ask you to come and fill us this morning. A fresh infilling. God, we humble ourselves and we say that we have ignored your ways. We, we, I have thought that I knew better than you, God. I thought that I knew how how to do my life better than you do. And I, I repent, Jesus. I repent for building my own kingdom. And I ask that I would no longer waste my time with things that are going to burn up. But I ask that you would help me to build your kingdom. I ask for drink from you. I ask for for food from you. I ask for grace. You said in James 4 that, that oh, but grace. I ask for grace, God, because it's not about our own, own like discipline. It's the grace to be disciplined because we're in love. So God, give us the grace that, that flows from a heart of love that says, you know what, I am going to set my alarm 15 minutes because I would do that for someone that I'm in love with. So, Father, come. Come show us our value. Come show us how much you love us. I, I heard you this morning as I was deciding whether I was going to wake up or not. And I, I know you know that so many times I turn over and I press the snooze button. But this morning, I laid a hold of that grace. And I heard you say, come. I want to speak to you, beloved. So, Father, I pray for everyone here that they would hear that same call, that they would hear you say, I want to speak to you. I want to speak to you. And that you would become more real, more real than our sleep, more desired than our sleep. And might I say it, more desired than our coffee. Woo! Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You are not um, afraid or ashamed of how frail we are, how inconsistent we are. No, no, no. You are faithful. 
to complete what you started in us. And I pray today that you would start just a love fest, a love feasting on your word, that we would, at King's Church, would be a people that eat your word, that you would strengthen our ears because we eat really, really well. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. Beautiful.